Welcome to episode 13 of Crime Stoppers, See It, Say It, Stop It, a podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to help make their community safer. I'm your host, Sean Sport, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Martin Douglas from the Toronto Police Service and the Community Engagement Officer for the Toronto Crime Stoppers Program. Martin, what are you saying, man? What is up? You know what? I, uh, I was here for one podcast interview, and yeah, now... Yeah. Now I'm hosting with you. This is great, man. It's your voice, bro. What? It's your voice. Oh, thank you, sir. Barry White. Well, all right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, hey, listen, before we begin, I just want to give a shout out to everyone that is supporting our podcast and sharing the message. Yes, thank you. Right? I mean, yeah. it's, it, dude, it's blowing up, man. Who would know that a little small podcast idea... Uh, you know, catch on. It, it catch on, right? It's like 14 countries now. You know what I'm saying? So looking at our listener analytic dashboard, we have listeners like in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Mexico, Australia, throughout the United States, throughout Canada. So hello to our friends abroad and to thank our you. listeners across Canada. You know, yeah. thanks for being here. So what have you been up to, man? Oh, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I hear no, drama. It's, no, it's not drama. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's COVID. It's yeah. COVID, you know? Uh, it's, it's 401 only, new cases today, dude. But it's also managing COVID, managing yeah. what I call uh, this social mania instead of mm. social media. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All the things that are happening. You know, I actually have been trying to stay away from social mania. And uh, I woke up the other day and I took a look at my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Buddy posted this, this image. It's a video mm-hmm. of pretty much like end world stuff you know like yeah. it was a, a a fire tornado in california with these fires it's a thing dude so I, I'm, I'm like okay yeah um not today closed my phone went back to bed really no not really oh, but okay. it, it just made me feel that way you know so yeah. um which makes me think of uh, people looking at these images and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. reading these posts and how some people may be feeling um just putting this out there please if you're feeling any way mm-hmm. where um, things are taking its toll, mm-hmm. reach out and speak to somebody if you can. For sure. You know, it's funny that you bring up this social media aspect. So I've been kind of killing some time watching Netflix, uh, big, huge Netflix guy. And uh, we started watching a show called The Social Dilemma. You've seen that? No. So let me tell you a little bit about this. So what it is, without ruining it for everybody, you have... Uh, probably about six high-level people from social media companies. So you have a former president from uh, Pinterest, a former engineer from, let's say, Facebook. You know, after they make the millions, of course. Billions of dollars, not millions. They want to talk. But what it is is they have this conscience now where the algorithms and the artificial intelligence in the back of every social media platform know what you're about to do before you even do it. And what they're saying is that it's so scary that it's it's basically um, making people and pushing people in a certain way without them realizing it. So if you're on the left, then they're only going to feed you stuff that is relevant to your thoughts right. and your mindset, right? Right, right, right. Um, and you know, it's it's the the one the one quote that they had out of there. It, I'll paraphrase it. It was you know people are like, well, social media, it's free. 
It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. You're the product. You and are the product, and they're selling you. This and getting is exactly the from you. what I tell students when I mm-hmm. do my school presentations: is these devices, not only the devices, but the the apps themselves, mm-hmm. um, they gather all this information from you, yeah. and they turn it into profit. Right. So these guys have made their billions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they've made a monster, and now they're going to tell you, hey, the monster's here, and this is what it looks like. And yeah. See you later. Yeah, yeah. We're out. Well, listen, at the, end of the, at the end of this show, they had this, uh, I think he was the former president for Pinterest, and they asked him, what is your greatest fear? You know what this guy said? What's that? Civil war. That's not good. And where are we right now? Yeah. Right? It is crazy. You know, we don't want to get yeah. into it. Yeah, no, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I, I don't. And, but what he and said again, resonated. I'm going to say like, this again. Bro. If anyone's feeling, you know, the mm-hmm, pressures from mm-hmm. what's going on during COVID and what's going on on social media, please reach out and speak to somebody. There are mental health um, services available in pretty much every city, yeah. town, yeah. around the world. Mm-hmm. Please look into um, those resources and and speak to somebody. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, let's touch on some of this gun, gun play and gun activity. You know, yesterday, uh, a mom and her son are oh, driving through yeah. an intersection and their car gets lit up, right? So, you know, it's very timely. It's, it's, it's bizarre, right? I mean, yeah. nobody knows if they're involved in intended victims or just, you know, random, you know, violence that happened. But it's really getting concerning and out of control. And it's, it's almost, you know, timely that we teamed up with 106.5 FM and in partnership with our friends at Bolo, who funded the program. Can't wait to hear this. To put out new public service radio announcements. I can't wait to hear this. Right. So let's, let's catch one of these now. We'll save one for, or one for the other, another episode. We'll, we'll hit one now. Okay. So let's take a listen. I'm a father. I'm a mother. I beg you, please, just tell them what you know. Please don't let the same handgun that killed my child kill someone you love too. His friend's silence got our son killed. You're not a snitch. You're doing the right thing. Community safety is a shared responsibility. We all play a part in making our community safe. Doing what's right is our own reward. See it, say it, stop it. Stay anonymous and call Toronto Crime Stoppers at 416-222-8477. One word, dude. One word. Boom. I say wow. It's a boom wow. Boom. boom. (laughs) That, That, I mean, the 30 seconds that you just heard summed up what victims and families feel feel yeah you know what this this needs to be not only on on 106 thank you 106 Mm -hmm. for that but it needs to be everywhere absolutely you know absolutely um it needs to be not only on radio it needs to be on tv we need to have more of this this sort of message out there for people to to have it sink in and you know regrettably the people that know this all too well are the victims and Absolutely. their families mm-hmm. um, of, of crime and gunplay in our city. And, and there's no other way to get people to wrap their head around it other than having these sort of segments and these sort of right. Um, right. video or audio recordings mm-hmm. kind of, you know, giving you that feeling that, and I'm rambling forever. And I, You know why you're rambling, dude? Yeah. Because you're concerned and you don't know how to say it over and over again. And then you're thinking for words. I mean, my biggest thing here is the, if, if you know somebody who is in possession of a gun or using illegal guns, we'll make sure that, you know, illegal guns, 
eventually somebody around them, right, their family, their friends, their loved ones, are going to be a victim, right, because of either that gun or, you know, associated guns. And what really bothers me is when um, something like that happens and then all of a sudden you have the family at a press conference right. pleading, yeah. somebody please just give me closure, who killed, who shot my loved one, yeah. um, knowing that at some point, somebody within that person's circle of friends or family knew that they had a weapon and could have prevented it by simply calling Crime Stoppers. Using that tool. Right? You're you know, if you don't want to come forward and speak to police, obviously, even within Crime Stoppers, mm. Crime Stoppers world, I think all, all of the, the, the boards would agree that they would definitely want you to feel empowered enough to come Absolutely. forward and, and speak to investigators, police, your local law enforcement directly. But if you're fearful to do that, why not use Crime Stoppers? Yeah. Well, you know, you know why? You and I grew up the same way, bro. It's the stigma of being called a, a snitch. snitch. Yeah. Right. And you and I are the big proponents of this uh, over the last little while. And, you know, looking up the definition of a snitch. Right. Yeah. A criminal created that word. Right. So the word snitch was created by criminals for criminals who told on other criminals. Mm -hmm. Right. So the commonality mm -hmm. there is criminal. You're not a criminal. What you should think of yourself. How many times can you say criminal, by the way? Bro. <laughs> no, I, I, no I seriously, do, yes. I the, do the, word, rap, but... the word was created by criminals to identify other criminals right? that report to authority. Right. You know? Right. But you're not, dude, if you are a concerned community member, you are not a snitch. You are not tattletailing. You are basically doing something that needs to be done to make your community safer so that no one gets hurt. That's right. You should be looked at as a, as a hero. And I know some people would be cringing and saying, a hero, really? Yeah, it takes courage to yeah. stand up against uh, the unpopular decision. That's It correct. takes courage. Yeah. So hopefully uh, through Crime Stoppers, we can work with our police partners and the community to, you know, get this under control and spread the message because, you know, something needs to be done before things like this continue. Community safety is a shared responsibility. Absolutely. We all need to take care of each other, take care of our neighbors. I mean, other than that, it's, it's just going to keep going. That's so. right. That's right. So let's get uh, talking about today's episode. So on today's episode, we have Detective Mary Varuna from the Toronto Police Homicide Missing Persons Unit. Uh, in a new segment we are calling Toronto's Missing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be super cool. I'm really intrigued about learning um, what Mary and her team are doing and, and how we can help. I'm liking the direction you're going in with mm -hmm. this. Uh, I think having investigators uh, on the podcast is going to lend a whole new light to what uh, a police officer does. Yeah. And, and uh, specifically her office. I mean, it's very unique. Yeah, so yeah. I'm really, really interested in what she, she's going to say here. Yeah, yeah, me too. And as we end the podcast today, we have another segment where we're going to have uh, Katrina Franzak from our Toronto Crime Stoppers board tell us a little bit about herself, you know, in a segment that we call About Us or Get mm -hmm. to Know Us, um, just so people can understand, you know, what Crime Stoppers really is and who runs the program outside of us getting tips and That's right. handing them over to, you know, officers like yourself who kind of, you know, vet them to make sure that people are remain anonymous and then it goes over to the investigative unit. Well, I know I've, I've actually uh, uh, seen her in action uh, mm -hmm. at community events and mm -hmm. she does put uh, everything she can into Absolutely. educating the public and letting people know how this program runs. So, Just as we go over to Mary, I just want to let you know something. What's that? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
I need to I need to figure out what I'm going to be calling you because I heard about this. <laughs> uh, is it uh, Papa Son or is it Grandpa? Grandpa. Grandpa. You're yeah. going to be a grandfather, dude. Yeah, man. My daughter Jessica and uh, her husband. Uh, like I said, she was due yesterday, so it's kind of like every you know minute by minute, uh, hour by hour. But super excited uh, for, for is, Jessica and Peter. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's good, man. Uh, you, I, I just need to know though. Uh-huh. How, how uh-huh. old are you again? Ah, oh, man. So, uh, uh, well, let's just say I had her very young. Okay. All <laughs> right. All right. Well, I, I had mine young too, so. Kudos to you, man. You Thanks, know, man. Pre-congratulations, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thanks, any man. minute now, it's uh, it's about to happen. I, I could th- run right now. My phone rings. Got to end. Got to go. Okay. So without further ado, let's uh, throw it over to our interview with Detective Mary Varuna. As mentioned on the top, we now have Detective Mary Varuna with us from the Toronto Police Homicide Missing Purses Unit. She's going to be talking about her role and what her team does, as well as a uh, cold case. So, Martin, you want to uh, hit this off with some questions for Mary? Yeah, you know what? This is uh, this is really good because we're looking at possibly making this an ongoing thing. For sure. Um, and uh, thank you for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Detective. How have you? How long have you been on the job? Um, what has been your career path? A lot of people believe that. Uh, getting into policing, they want to become a detective, such as yourself, and uh, they think that they can do that from day one, and that, that's not the case. And I know you've been on the job for a long time. Just give us an idea of what your career path has been. So um, I've been on for 30 years. I'm in my wow. 30th year of policing. Wow. And like every uh, new recruit, I started in patrol in the west end of the city of Toronto. And I have an extensive background in youth crime, child abuse, child sexual abuse, sexual assault investigations. Mm -hmm. I spent uh, 10 years in active uh, homicide investigations, as well as uh, operational uniform. And then in the last uh, two years, I've been uh, assisting and implementing the new missing persons unit uh, for the Toronto police that uh, became operational in September of 2018. Wow. wow. That's that's really cool. I mean, I, I, I know that the, the missing persons unit is attached to homicide, but what's the mandate of your office right now? So our mandate uh, of the missing person unit is right now, we oversee all the missing person investigations, just in a Reader's Digest uh, point, we oversee all the missing person investigations for the city of Toronto. And you know, at present, the city of Toronto gets on average between 4,000 and 5,000 missing person reports a year. Wow. So uh, you can imagine the, mag- the volume that we have, because missing people are a fluid uh, investigation. People go missing, they come back, then they go missing again. So that is part of why we have such a high volume uh, in missing person investigations. You know, we're a centralized unit. We're available for a resource to all the divisional unit units. We also do a hands-on investigations as well. Toronto Police has historically missing persons investigations that date back as far as 1919 and so we also oversee unidentified human remains investigations because what we find is more often an unidentified uh, remain ends up being somebody that was reported missing previously so when i was going to ask you um why 
is something like missing persons attach themselves to the homicide unit for Toronto police, that's that's the answer. It's you know, we we sometimes have cases where um, it overlaps naturally. That's right. You're correct on that. And again, uh, when we deal with uh, missing people, although it's not against the law to go missing, right. missing person investigations aren't criminal investigations. We still have to treat them as suspicious and determine why uh, someone's gone missing and, you know, corroborate that they went missing either on their own, um, own volition or it isn't as a result of uh, foul play. Well, cases like these, you know, they can take obviously a long time to peel away the layers of, and, and you kind of touched on the process um, from your office side. Um, how do you think members of the community could maybe help solve some of these cases for you guys? Like where would members of the community citizens play their role? Well, you have to keep in mind when more eyes are better than one set of eyes. For sure. So when you're out into the public, um, we do a, a lot of news releases and I, I'm sure some people go, oh, I saw that person in the news last week. Mm -hmm. But if you're remembering someone that's in the news and the city of Toronto is quite a large city. And although Toronto Police Service is a large police service, we can't be in every place of the city right. at the same time yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we rely on the public to use their eyes and their ears to help us and by them phoning in information, providing us with information, you know, I saw that person, uh, I know of that person, I've seen them here, that helps us with our investigations. Because like, as I mentioned, missing persons, it's not against the law to go missing. Right. And some people go missing because for various reasons, they don't want to be found. Mm -hmm. They don't, uh, they want to change their name. They've lost contact with their families. They suffer from some sort of mental disorder. Uh, they suffer from some sort of paranoia. So dealing with people that they normally deal with, they don't want to deal with them. And so we, we need that extra help of the public to assist us with that. So we don't discourage the public for calling in. We recently did uh, a press release regarding some unidentified human remains and Crime Stoppers was a great part of that and as a result we got a number of tips they may not necessarily lead somewhere but mm -hmm. for me it's telling me that the public is watching and listening and they're sure. genuinely concerned yeah they want to participate and I, I mean it, it's, it's important to get that participation uh, out of the, the public because speaks to, to Crime Stoppers and the fact that, yeah. you know, it has to be a collaboration between the public, the media, police working together to either keep our city safe or in the case of missing people, even if the person doesn't want to be found, you still have to close that case. If it's been brought forward as a, a case now opened and you have officers working on it, the quicker we can get it closed, yeah, yeah. the better. For sure. I mean, I think the biggest thing here is the community safety is a shared responsibility, right? Right. So when you see something coming out from the Toronto Police Service and Mary, your team of, you know, we're looking for this person and, you know, it doesn't matter if they're hiding away and they don't want to be found or whatnot. It, it's it's the community's responsibility that if they see something coming out from the police that says, hey, we need your help, that you should step up and help, whether you call Crime Stoppers and they call your office or go online and say, hey, listen, you know, I, I've seen this person, check this area or, you know, this is where he lives now or she lives now. You know, I think that's the most important piece here is that, we as a community need to do our part to make sure that we're safe and your neighbors are safe, right? Yeah. So. And even if you know as an individual, uh, yeah, Bill or Samantha or whoever, they don't want to be found. Mm -hmm. They're tired of their family or whatever. It's none of the family's business right. where they are because yeah. they're, they're fine where they are. 
at least help the investigators close the case. Sure. You know? And on that note about not wanting to be found and not wanting to have contact, we maintain a confidentiality mm -hmm. out of respect for the person that's is actually missing. missing. Horrible, you know, if they don't want people to know where they are, mm -hmm. we will not tell the family member or the person that's reported them missing. You know, an example is someone's gone, they've changed their name, I don't want to have to deal with my family. We would go to the family and we'd say, or the person that's reported mm -hmm. them missing, say, we've located them, we are satisfied that they're happy, they're right. healthy, they're in good health, they're in a position that they can care for themselves, and we're not going to tell you anymore. Yeah. And so, yeah. we, and we stand by that. And I think that's really good message to give the listeners, right? Is that, you know, yeah. there's not always an enforcement, if you will, aspect to it, as long as you feel that, you know, as you said, going missing is not illegal. So as, you, as, as soon as you're satisfied that, hey, this person is safe, and they have reasons for not being in contact with whoever, then you respect that privacy. And, and I think that's a good message that listeners should understand. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we were able to make that point. I mean, I could probably ask you questions for the next hour mm -hmm. on what's going on in, in your, your unit. And how many, just real quick though, how many people do you have working in your unit? So we are a new unit and unfortunately we're a very small unit. That's why you know we don't do all the hands-on investigations. So we're predominantly used as a resource and ensuring that investigations are standardized and the process is consistent throughout the service. So we have one detective, which is myself, and we ha I have a team of four constables, detective constables that work for me. It's a busy spot then. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, as I've mentioned, right, we, the Toronto Police investigates an average of four to 5,000 yeah. missing persons well, a year. I can tell you we have an upwards of, on a daily basis, we have an upwards of 600 people that are missing daily uh, in the city of Toronto. So. Wow. Well, you know, um, like I said, I can go on forever. Uh, I know that uh, you're very busy. Instead of barraging you with more questions, I want to let you get to, I understand the case that you have for us today. As I indicated, you know, our cases date back to 1919, as far back as then. And although, and I'd like to highlight, you know, people will say, oh, well, 1919, you know, what can you do with that? They're obviously de deceased. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you are probably correct on that. They are probably correct. The person is deceased. However, another component of our unit is unidentified human remains. Right. So if we were to find remains mm -hmm. and we didn't know who they belonged to, you know, we have a missing person. Right. If there was some sort of identification process that uh, we could use, and we have, you know, a missing person dating back that long, those are case. Those are the cases that we would go to to see if these remains belonged to uh, right. that right. missing person. Right, right. So, in in actual fact, yes, we are still investigating even right. cases as old as 1919. And that would be done through forensics. Yes, that's correct. Right. As as we know, um, you know, the National Center for uh, Missing Persons and Unidentified Bodies, we collect a DNA. There's a DNA bank. bank. So for any unidentified remains, DNA is submitted into this bank. And now, because of the new legislation and of the National Center, we're able to go to family members and say, uh, your loved one has been missing. They've been missing for a period of time. Are you willing to provide a DNA sample so we can put it into the bank? And should an unidentified remains be uncovered, mm -hmm. your DNA would be cross-checked with that remains. Right. And so it would consistently on a daily basis search the right. bank. Right. And then we're able to identify people. 
That's good. I mean, it, it closes out some cases, but it also may bring some closure to relatives to know that you know, my grandfather or my dad, my uncle has been found and located. So that's and, good as well. And that's correct. And we have had a number of successes with our historical cases where we've gone back and actually have uh, received DNA from a familial DNA mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, submitted it into the DNA bank and we have had hits. So it is, oh, it's proof, it's proof mm -hmm. successful. And, you know, again, it gives closure to the family mm -hmm. as well. You know, we've done what we can do for that investigation. So moving forward, um, I do have an investigation. It is a historical one. This is okay. in relation to a woman who is identified as he Helen King. She is on the national uh, website, so she has been published. So right. listeners can go to the national and they'll be able to find her photo and her profile there. Okay. She's been missing since 1983. We use the missing date of January 1st because she wasn't reported to Toronto police immediately. Right. So she was reported at a much later date. So we don't have the exact date, but what we do know is she was last seen in 1983. Um, I can tell you that she was born in 1921, uh, wow. female, white, brown eyes, she was four foot nine and she had somewhat of a heavy build. And the circumstances that I have is that she was last seen at the Woodbine Community Center in the city of Toronto. Okay. My understanding is that center is no longer there. She was a volunteer there. And so in anticipation that I'm sure a number of people at one time may have volunteered there, they would know her and someone would remember her and may have had contact with her. During that time, she was living a very transient lifestyle. Okay and uh, lost contact with her family members. Uh, again, one of these people that may not have been wanting to be found right, and right. so continued her lifestyle. And for that, uh, we're appealing to the public for assistance. Okay. Uh, now, uh, I think you have uh, some sort of images to, uh, to go with this. And are they on Toronto's missing website? No, Toronto, so Toronto Police does not have a, a missing person uh, website. We have a webpage that outlines the Toronto Police Missing Persons Unit, and okay. I encourage people to go and look at it. Okay. And the reason why we don't have a website right now is, as I mentioned, missing persons are fluid. They right. go missing on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So the National has an excellent webpage that services all of Canada and it's maintained on a regular basis and it's very thorough and it has all the pertinent information and it's just much easier to post our missing people there right. that way all of Canada will be looking at it yeah for sure I mean I can only imagine that that's a uh, huge task to, to update and, and maintain that list if somebody had information that uh, they wanted to give you know they can always call crime stoppers at 222-TIPS or 222-8477 or go online and submit a tip at 222tips.com. But if they want to get in touch with you and your unit, how could they do that? They could send us an email at uh, missingpersons at torontopolice.on.ca, okay. the email. They can phone us at 416-808-7411 or they can actually call our radio room. 416-808-2222. If someone wants to report somebody missing, right. I encourage them to do that because police do have to attend the address in order to properly right. take a missing persons report and conduct a proper investigation. So just, just to be clear, I, I'm very glad you said that. When it comes to reporting someone missing, 
cannot use Crime Stoppers. It's just, so, right, yeah. Uh, for anyone out there that's th that's thinking that I can report someone missing through Crime Stoppers, that's not what we're we're talking about when we're relating Crime Stoppers to missing people. We're we're needing you to call in if you choose to right. to identify where that missing person can be located, mm -hmm. not that the person is missing. That's right, and and to seek information or uh, provide information. That's right in relation to a missing person or an unidentified right. human remain. Mary, thank you for wanting to come on to the podcast. You know, this is going to be what we hope to be a long relationship. The segment is going to be called Toronto's Missing. Uh, we'll start promoting it and hopefully we'll uh, play a part in, in getting some information and clear up some cases for you. So thank you very much for partnering with us. That's great. I'm happy to be here and any questions, please send them my way. I'm happy to answer them if I can. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing. Wow, Martin, I knew or I suspected that this was going to be a really good segment with Mary. Mm -hmm. um, I am so surprised at some of the numbers of missing people on a daily and yearly basis that happen in Toronto. So I'm really glad that we've uh, partnered with uh, Mary and her team to send out and get out some of these messages. And I think it's uh, very, very informative as well. Um, you know, just her expressing four officers yeah. working in her, in yeah. her unit and her um, taking care of so many cases. It's a lot of cases to clear. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with them, with the, so many of them being historic, they got, they got a lot of work cut out for them. A lot of people have this idea that there's, uh, you know, a whole room full, a hundred mm -hmm. officers ready to take care of any given situation. But uh, there could be very few mm -hmm. having to deal with a lot of, a lot of information. And um, right. that's why we count on the public. Yeah. To, to help, yeah, yeah. right? Um, it, it helps speed up investigations mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm. helps um, bring closure to a lot of our cases. So if you, uh, if you have any information, please reach out to, uh, to us um, in, in as far as the, the cases that we have outstanding on YouTube mm -hmm. from her unit mm -hmm. um, or the one that uh, she just spoke of. She mentioned, yeah, and we'll have the, uh, the national website that was mentioned in the podcast in the bio. So if you're looking for more information and want to just kind of scroll through some of the historic photos that are out there, we'll have that up uh, in our bio. Excellent. As mentioned at the top, today we are going to have another segment of Get to Know Us which features one of our board members, Katrina Franzak. I got it right. Yes, you did. Yeah, buddy. There's a I lot of Z's it. and S's Let and A's tell you something. I got it wrong the other day. Ain't she? And those yes, eyes just popped up yeah. from her. She was on her device. And it was like, I know you a didn't just say my name wrong. Yeah, she's A-Y. And I said, no, I didn't, ma'am. No, I did not. You corrected mm -hmm. yourself right after. So. I did correct right. myself. That's why I, I had to like slowly Franzak, waiting for the look. And mm -hmm. then I know if I kept going, I got it right. <laughs> so I got it right. You did very well. <laughs> so Katrina, welcome to the uh, podcast. Um, what we want to try to achieve with the, these segments that we do of About Us, really, is talk about uh, the board members and who you are and why you joined Crime Stopper. So let's start off with uh, you telling the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, first, thank you so much for having me. It's uh a great pleasure to be here. Uh, so a little bit about myself. Um, I've been with uh, Toronto Crime Stoppers for the past 12 years, so since 2012. 
Jeez. And uh, yes, it's, it's been already. quite it's some been time. It's been a minute. Wow. <laughs> um, in uh, 2016, I joined the board, and uh, as of 2018, I've been um, the, uh, the executive secretary. Um, outside of that, I am a criminology student. I'm also um, a security professional. Um, I work for one of the largest security companies in Toronto. Can you say which one? Uh, Paragon Security. What? Shall yes. we go? Paragon Security, which are a huge supporter of Toronto Crime Stoppers. That I'll just throw that right. out there. They are. So, you know, good, good you. plug for them. Thank you, Paragon. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, so in my role, I oversee f physical security at uh, several properties downtown mm -hmm. Toronto, and um, I also oversee security for one post-secondary institution, which is actually the largest in Toronto. Cool. Um, and uh, that would be it. About you. So prior to 2016, before joining the board, you were actually a volunteer yes, for I Crime was. Stoppers. Yep. How did you become a volunteer with us? How did you know uh, that we were looking? How did you find us? Why don't you tell us that story? So this is definitely a very unique story. So back in 2012 in August, during Taste of a Downforth, um, I was just uh, walking, uh, uh, walking by Toronto Crime Stoppers booth and it caught my attention. Um, I came up to them just to find out more about what they do because I, I did hear uh, a lot about them on the news where um, when it Please call Toronto Police at this number or contact Crime Stoppers. Exactly. Two, two, two tips. Yeah. It, however, whenever you hear their name on the news, it doesn't really explain exactly uh, what Toronto right. Crime Stoppers do. So, so again, so I wanted to find out more about them. Uh, as I approached the booth, I was talking to a couple of the uh, volunteers over there. They explained to me what the, the program does, and uh, I was very intrigued. And I actually asked them if they are looking for volunteers, mm -hmm. because um, at the time I wanted to get involved, I wanted to give back to community, and I'm like, hey, you know what, that sounds interesting, I would like to actually join the team. Mm -hmm. So they said, absolutely, um, what you can do is go on our website, and um, under anonymous tips, uh, <laughs> go and actually submit a tip and what? say that you want to become a volunteer, and that's exactly what I did, and yes, I got a call back from Daniela. Okay. And I am here today. Clever. That is clever. clever. You know, okay, so I would, I would have to say, I'm just trying to think really quick, why would the volunteers say that? It's probably because they didn't know the, number. the admin number yeah, right, off, yeah. off the top of their head. So yeah. they just said, hey, call Crime Stoppers. It'll eventually get to the right people. Right. But perfect, right? Instead you. of not giving an answer, you gave, mm -hmm. you know, an answer where, like you said, the, that, that information will funnel its way to, you know, someone on our side. So. And, and for the record, uh -huh. the volunteers do not contact us through that admin line. So right, they, right. Wouldn't, they wouldn't naturally know exactly. the phone number. Exactly. So now I am actually uh, responsible for the volunteering program. So, of course, mm -hmm. uh, all new applicants, they come to me directly. But even before that, I would actually tell people who are interested in, in becoming volunteers to do the same thing. And it worked every time. So <laughs> it was an effective <laughs> system until we put something different in place. So we put you in place, apparently. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so it did definitely work. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, there's always a story for someone joining the board. And, uh, you know, I'll say that since you've been part of the board and the team right back when you were a volunteer, you've been a great ambassador for pushing the Crime Stopper message into the community. Thank and 
getting more yeah, volunteers. Right, into the pipeline so that they can replace you and so on and so forth. And, and the more people we have involved in Crime Stoppers at the volunteer level are beneficial to spreading the word so they know we're not a police program, yeah. right? We're a community program. Yeah. And then they can be those ambassadors. So that, could, that's awesome. Crime Stoppers could never have enough people champion, championing their message, right? Absolutely. I mean, community safety is a shared responsibility. Absolutely. And Crime Stoppers Definitely. is a perfect avenue for that. So that's, that's awesome. Right. Recently, uh, you won an award. Tell us a little bit about what that was all about. So that award is actually related to my work in the uh, private security sector. Mm -hmm. So this award is through Security Magazine and it's a uh, top 10 under 40. So wow. um, it's, uh, it's basically um, security professionals from across the country. Mm -hmm. um, they were nominated for that award. And of course, there are a lot of things that um, the, uh, the magazine was looking into in terms right. of qualifications and in terms of their experience and mm -hmm. in terms of their um, uh, quality of work. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very honored to, to actually I be imagine. one of those professionals who, who were um, uh, awarded this um, need a round prestige. of applause right now. Yes. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. That's well, good. it's really no shock to, to me and Martin. I probably you know, want to speak for you. It's no shock to you as well that you, know, you are achieving uh, great things. I mean, since you've been on the board, you've been doing amazing work. Thank you. If there was one thing that you would want to say to potential board members about Crime Stoppers and getting involved, what would that be? Uh, what would that be? Uh, definitely, um, it's, uh, if you want to join the board, I would say you need to have passion for it. Mm -hmm. I, I am extremely passionate for it. And, you know, um, I'm always trying to find ways to, to improve our, you know, our processes, the way we reach out to the public. Um, how we engage with communities and, um, uh, you know, just different ways of how we can get the message across. Mm -hmm. It's very important that you as a board member, you represent us um, while you're here and also in your personal life, right. because um, again, this is, this is an ongoing process. Um, when I attend events, I always ask every single person that comes to our booth, I ask them, do you know of Crime Stoppers? And most people say, yes, I do. Uh, yes, I have. And when I ask them, do you know what we do? The answer is no. So mm -hmm. it's important that we go out there and we educate the public on our program and what we do because it brings in so much value. It helps the police to, to catch criminals. Um, it's, uh, it, it improves the overall quality of life for, for Torontonians and um, you know, people who, who, who live um, outside of the city as well. Mm -hmm. So definitely you need to be passionate about it. Um, innovative thinking is always very welcome. Um, communication, mm -hmm. and um, that would be number one on my list. Well, it shows. I mean, your efforts have gone yeah. a long way to even getting more volunteers. Right. You know, I, I think that you've played a role in, in being able to cultivate more volunteers mm -hmm. for events and I know the the program really appreciates and you know has mm -hmm. uh, really mm -hmm. benefited from your yes from and your... and you know our our group of volunteers I I can't thank them enough um, we've had the same team uh, working with us for many years even the individual that I spoke to at the taste of a downfall and the person who actually told me to go on the website and apply through you know providing anonymous tip mm -hmm. he's still with us he's still volunteering with us and and you know what we are so lucky because. Like I said, our team is just as passionate as I am. And again, if they're listening, thank you so much to every single one of you. You guys are fantastic. 
Katrina, you've been an awesome ambassador of Toronto Crime Stoppers and getting that message out there and creating that, as Martin said, uh, that pipeline of new volunteers for us to get that message out there. So thank you for joining us and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me. As we conclude, I'd like to remind everyone that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous. Criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be safe. Ooh, I bet you're wondering how I knew about your plan.